I know you guys may act all tough and create this persona that you don't need to take care of your skin, but anyone who has been in the wilderness for an extended amount of time knows that's not true. You have to take care of your body. That's why you should check out Trichome. Trichome is a skincare company that sells what is quite frankly the best lip balm on the planet. Made with all natural ingredients, it's built to protect your lips in the harshest conditions. On top of that, they've got body oil and beard oil options as well. And guys, be sure to check out their shaded lip balms for the lady in your life. Check out their website at trichomeco.com to buy and use code LETHAL10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's T-R-I-C-O-M-B-E-C-O.com. Yeah, we need to st- stop, stop talking before we press con- <laughs> pr- press record and start talking after we press record. Then we'll actually um, have content that's halfway decent. <laughs> right, and not have to say it twice. Did you <laughs> yell Kobe when you threw that? No. And then it doesn't count. Well, I wasn't. It was just a shirt, so. Yeah, well, but if, you, if you're if you a white guy it. and you don't, if you throw it's, anything and you're white and you don't yell Kobe. Onto the bed. So okay. it's like a big target. It doesn't count. Oh, okay. I'm well, sorry. I guess it's not on the bed then. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to turn around. It's just going to be gone. <laughs> so confused. <laughs> the ghost of Kobe lives on. Well, didn't Kobe, like, allegedly uh, have relationships with that young lady in a hotel in Denver? I think. Allegedly. Allegedly. God, by the way, oh. the... Uh, <laughs> Letter Kenny references are getting <laughs> excessive, and I'm not mad about it. I mad. love that show. It's so I I feel real. I'm really late to the party, but I really I'm glad like you're that finally show. aboard. <laughs> I am. I'm fully. Aboard. I'm so aboard that when my wife comes home and she sees Letter Kenny on, she literally like rolls her eyes and just walks to, <laughs> walks to the kitchen. <laughs> She's like, She's like uh, you're watching this again. Have a conversation, are we? <laughs> nope. I feel so dumb for watching this show, but it's so funny. Um, what did you what did you do in archery this week? I mean, you're like you're working your fingers to the bone, so I know you're about to leave, but you yeah. did you do anything this week at all? Yeah. I built all my arrows this past weekend. I built Oh well that there you go, Gary, about to go hunting. You building yeah. arrows is a good idea. Yeah. Uh I built all of my buddies' arrows. So I built built like three dozen arrows over the weekend or more Ugh. yeah building a dozen arrows for me is like a daunting task i'm like this is gonna take all day <laughs> really it took, it's not like it's it not like couple, that big well it took deal, pretty but... much the whole weekend because i got sidetracked a bunch too yeah and then well, i was that's... trying to pack all my shit at the you know at like i started really packing at like eight o'clock on sunday night mm-hmm. so that just turned into a hurricane of boy i hope i got everything so well so you're in a hotel all week and then you're heading straight to camp yeah well just heading to dave's but then we're yeah yeah. so stay at dave's thursday night and then we're packing in to where we're gonna be for the opener saturday morning you're gonna kill something bulls bugling we'll see there's a bunch of oh i mean there's a bunch of sign where we're going so that's so of it I know you had <laughs> what what made me press press record. Uh, I know before you had talked about the place that you were going to go hunt 
being like right next to a wildfire is it yeah is it alive yeah it's fine now uh it stopped short it actually rained today too which is good but i think it's supposed to get really hot this weekend so maybe it's so hot in kansas city right now (laughs) yeah but we usually don't get rain now like at Mm, all really so yeah it's very odd that it's it's been pretty like i don't like pretty mild summer it hasn't like it's been you know 105 or so every now and then but last year it was like 110 for two three weeks straight oh so in the pacific northwest really it gets that hot it's high desert over where i'm working oh man so yeah but it's not it's not humid so it's not completely oh it's a dry but it's it's just Mm -hmm. hot i mean yeah 100 plus degrees is 100 plus degrees. Oh, yeah. You there ain't no, there's you just no way around that. You just start sweating immediately when you go outside. So Yeah. God, like in Kansas City where the humidity is just turned up all the way, all the time. Yeah. You walk even, outside, even you're if like, it's, oh, great, I'm damp. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> like I, I remember when I was in college and I had a truck that the air conditioner didn't work. Oh, I would literally, like from driving or like walking from my dorm to my truck and then driving from my truck from the dorm to the place of employment i i would get out and i literally looked like i had jumped in a pool like <laughs> so i started having to come to work like 30 minutes early to then go in and like cool off in the air conditioning and like <laughs> halfway Perfect. dry off so it was uh it was a bit a bit taxing during the college days but it's not too bad now so what else uh, do what you else i did uh yeah well i made sure my bow was good yesterday just to, because I put those veins on, because I bought some AAE PM26s or something like that, and they're the, way okay. shorter than I thought, like way lower profile than I I should have read closer, because I should have bought the hybrid veins instead of the the PMs. I don't even know what a PM26 is. Dude, they're like, I mean, they're like. It's you, not a Pro Max. They're like, it is a Pro Max, but it's short shorter than a pro max so it's like a it's the same shape as like a stealth but small uh-huh. but very small like hmm. way too small so anyways bought some of those and those did not like i couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with my broadheads at 40 yeah not enough fletching yeah so that was neat uh but i also bought some of the plastifletch they're like 2.7 inches long or something like that. So almost three or 2.8 or I don't, whatever. Hmm. Essentially a three inch, but those are working for the most part. Hmm. Man, I don't know anything about veins. Like the, that is. I just know certain. that if I'm shooting like 70, 80 and I can't hit what I'm pointing at, then like I know my bow's tuned. Right. If I like it's, and it's, for me to be able to tell that I don't have enough fletching, it's always like towards the end of the flight. Like it's come, like the arrow comes out of the bow, perfect. And then once it gets out there, a ways, like you just start start seeing it start to porpoise, or it'll just dive off one way. Does it? Does it kind of like cork, does it corkscrew? Yeah, huh. but it'll it'll finally plane out, and like you know, part of that's because I don't have as much FOC as I did last year. And part of that's because those short jags are a bigger head, like they're wider, right? More surface area. Um, but yeah, a little yeah. Less so that's been a little bit of a struggle. 
Uh, I'm still not sure that they're not playing it out at 80 because those are a little smaller than the vein techs that I had on, but I didn't really shoot. I wasn't shooting broadheads super hmm. far. I think I shot them to 80, but I couldn't tell if they were flying right or if I was messing right. up. Right, yeah. Because it was at the end of shooting or whatever, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, whenever I do longer shooting, like when I shoot, at longer distances i normally like to do that towards the beginning of the shooting session mm-hmm. like i'll, well, I'll usually, do like yeah. a couple i'll do a couple at like 40 to warm up like yeah. at a like a medium distance but then if i'm like really gonna stretch my legs like after my like second or third set like i'm normally going to that 80 90 100 yeah. yards or so we have big swamp coolers in our shop mm-hmm. so i usually will shoot and i'll start at 80 because the shop door is at 80 so mm-hmm. i just step to the shop door because it's hot and i don't want to stand in the sun so i'm like oh yeah, I'm blaming starting you. at 80 all right <laughs> well but, if you're if yeah. you're there and you're and you're sighted in then no worries there yeah, i'm still so, not sighted in that's the man i'm I not need to... sure that my tape is right now because i haven't checked it with those veins again mm, so creating needed. different different drag profile probably mm-hmm. need to check that but yeah so Shot my bow, tune. Well, replaced strings on my buddy's bow. Got that tuned. Is Austin making strings yet? Again, he won't make them until after season. <sighs> Killing <laughs> me. I want to put new strings on the starting. Yeah, he won't make any until after season <sighs> now. But uh, unless he kills mm-hmm. a bull early, then he might. We'll put him on a. Is he going? Is he going with you, or is he? No, with he usually else? hunts by himself or with one of his other buddies, but. We've never hunted together yet. Probably okay. will I'm gonna send I'm gonna send long. him a message right now to kill a bull this weekend so he can make me <laughs> make me strings. He's got a move in like a couple weeks or like a week or two maybe. But obviously all like they so they sold their house and mm-hmm. then they bought a new house and then they have to move. But uh Austin's wife was like, Hey, do you have any friends that'll help us move? And he's like no, we're paying movers because my friends like me, but they don't like me that much to help us move in the middle of elk season. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of things I would help you do that would suck in the middle of elk season, but they include packing elk meat out, not packing yeah. your dressers out of your house. Exactly. Sorry, exactly. Buddy. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not an elk guy yet. Hopefully next year, uh, man, I wish wish i hadn't ran into gut issues this year that really killed everything but now i have one one extra year to prepare i guess so Mm -hmm. look at it that way um and oh i i guess at that time uh i will likely be spending my 30th birthday in the mountains which would be kind of cool um what was i gonna say i had oh so i'm I'm gonna toss this out there I'm, i'm giving our listeners uh if if we still have the gumption to be doing this after a year because believe it or not a podcast is a lot of work even though it sounds like we just get on here and talk for an hour god you'd think that getting three guys in in a room together for an hour and a half two hours every every week was the equivalent of getting the president across the (laughs) sea Uh, it's just it's so much work when you have have multiple people that work a lot but we all work way too much and then we also are not on the same time 
schedule. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, West Coast a... does not help things. Yeah, well, Garrett's our scapegoat for that. Uh, but um, <laughs> next year, so I'm giving everyone a, a, a year-long heads up. Next year, come September to uh, September 1st to January 1st, you will be lucky to get one episode every two weeks instead of one every week. Unless so, we're smart and we bank a bunch over the winter. Uh, yeah, but I mean... We'll see. We'll see how much yeah. content is still going to be relevant when <laughs> well, if we're true. trying to if we're trying to bank it that far out. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, get heads up. Like I'm, I'm really going to try and still pump one out every week for you guys uh, during hunting season this year. But man, starting uh, starting next year ain't happening anymore. I'm not doing it. I want to go hunt instead of sitting in front of a microphone. Um, and you know, we also kind of get a bunch of crap sometimes getting told to go kill stuff instead of talking about it so i guess yeah, you better well do that when when i get the opportunity to hunt you know uh six months out of the year i will uh <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let everybody know but until yeah. that time uh it, it's not happening i get a couple weeks during uh deer season that i'll actually get away and then i get a three-week turkey season that's that's all i have so uh maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll try my hand in some uh uh, and some goose and shoot goose with a bow. I know. Well, I, I live right next to the Heartland bow hunter guys, and they they shoot goose with a bow. So I've thought about hey, it. Why not? Why not? I've heard goose is good. I've literally never eaten goose. I like it as jerky. I don't know how to cook it, so it's hmm. good any other way. It's always been super greasy. I have the meat eater cookbook. My wife I has the meat eater cookbook. Maybe we can figure something out. Um, all right. Anything else that for that you did this week? everything for everybody else also (laughs) including myself well pretty much been running full-time well full part-time bowtech when i'm not working for work (laughs) i'm working for free so right oh yeah you're i mean god you're you're pumping out 60 hour weeks like it's nothing right now like that's your starting point i feel i feel bad for you that's kind of the yeah that's kind of i'm kind of in the same boat but um I finally shot a compound for more than like a couple of sets uh, this past, what was it last week? I can't remember. Uh, but I shot that, I shot my Darton for a fairly extended amount of time. And it was fun shooting at longer distances in like <laughs> more a. More than 20. Yeah, not, not traditional distances. Like the first <laughs> target was like. It was it was really funny. The first so the very first target where we were at this like see it's not a three D course. I don't even know. And I I kind of fumbled on this last week with talking with Rob. I don't know what to how to explain it. It's just like a giant square, and then people just like spray paint targets on it. Hmm. It's just like compressed. Uh, it's not even foam. It's like cardboard that's been ground up and then compressed into like paper boards, and then mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but that's that's kind of that's what it is. Hmm. And so the first one's like twenty yards or whatever, and but is the second like, one's like a field round, then sort of like uh, just kind of open yeah. target face. Um, yes, uh, yeah, it's it's a completely open face. I mean, but t- people will typically they'll spray paint like four like black dots on it or oh, orange right. dots or something like that to kind of break up the uh, uh cape or the possibility of smacking arrows together. Mm-hmm. But um, the first one's like twenty yards, and the second one was like. I want to say it was like 50 or 55 and and that's the first time I had shot that long and or that kind of distance in a while and I was like oh god this is 
this long ways and mm-hmm. uh and but i i and i made two pretty good shots on it the first like it was but it's, once again it's weird because when you're shooting trad you're way closer and you can be like oh i can see exactly where i hit yeah and then when you're shooting longer distance i even have my binoculars with me and you're like I have and, no idea. and i and, yeah <laughs> well and I, and I was i was looking at it and i was like man i hit way low uh, or some, or I, I, or maybe this way, I can't remember which it was like, I thought I hit what way one way or another. And then I mm-hmm. got up there and I realized it was because my fletching was like at an angle because I was shooting like at the top of a hill coming down mm-hmm. and, and it like, but I was like, like two or three inches off what would have been like a 12 ring. I was like, oh, nice. oh I can still <laughs> shoot. That's cool. Uh, I did break one arrow, which is completely my fault, but, uh, uh, yeah, they, they shot well for, just throwing these arrows together these uh these serious arrows have done have done me well uh speaking of that some he's pretty pumped about them too dude he just got some of those siri you can't yeah i apparently can't say serious around oh god she's gonna she's gonna keep talking (laughs) mind your business siri yeah that's right uh but these um speaking of those serious arrows um after i shot those or after i shot with with my buddy dallas i realized that i really want to get a hunting setup together for my compound and not just one to kind of dink around with so i'm going to be getting some serious apollos their new two, uh, 204 in a 200 spine for funsies uh, for no other reason than because i don't really care how heavy this one ends up i guess because <laughs> it's not going to be a 3d arrow it's going to be strictly a hunting arrow, and I'm going to build uh, one with, or uh, so I'm going to buy a dozen, and I'm going to get the, I'm going to build six to 650 grains with the uh, ethics uh, aluminum um, outsert system, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to, which I think is like 80 grains or something like that, and then I'm going to build another set to 950 grains uh, with the stainless outsert system. And what did we, we did the math on it the other night. I'm going to have almost, what am I going to have? Almost 600 grains on the end of the air. <laughs> oh yeah. I skimmed that. And then I, yeah. I think I thought to myself, that's ridiculous, but yes, okay. it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. And I'm doing it for a reason, but I'm not going to say that reason one, because I'm sure that people would, some people would absolutely lose their mind at the thought of me even trying to do something. <laughs> but second, because we'll see if I can pull it off. And if I can, then I will release my, uh, my evil plan. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. I can, I can already hear, like, even if I do pull it off, I can already hear heads just exploding at, at, at what I, what I am attempting to do. Right. Did you see that part of the chat? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> in Ohio, I, you did, can't do what you want to do. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a no, no bueno. So that's okay. all I'll say about that. Yeah, we'll talk. I think you can in Missouri. So we'll uh, we'll talk about it after after we stop recording. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna. So that'll be almost 600 grains on the end of the arrow. I think the insert system is 200. Maybe it's 500 grains. <laughs> no, it's 600 grains. It'll be just over 600 grains because the inserts, the insert and sleeve system is like 220 grains by itself. And then I'm going to, uh, depending on if I can uh, end up shooting a trap bow or not, I'm at least going to set these arrows up for it. I'm going to do the 235 grain tough head with 150 grain uh, adapter. 
So that will put it at uh, two thirty five, uh, three three eighty five. So whatever three eighty five plus two hundred and twenty grains is, which I think is like six oh five. So six hundred five grains on the end of the arrow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because then the shaft was three hundred thirty grains. Then whatever components to get to nine fifty. So hmm. there we go. Yeah, just a oh, little good. baby nine fifty build. <laughs> uh, but I mean, realistically, in the Midwest shooting from tree stands like when am i taking shots over 30 40 yards true basically never yeah. never i i there is one spot on my entire farm i could take a shot over over 40 yards mm-hmm. and i probably just based on how it's laid out i probably wouldn't even do it i would right. i would wait for them to get to that like 30 ish yard mark and regardless of my setup whether it was a speed bow with a super light arrow or not but Mm-hmm. anyway um so i want you to talk a little bit about oh i did get a native too a kafaro yeah. native I uh so we're gonna mess around with that and see what i can do with uh with a tree stand setup and figuring that out um i want you to talk a little bit to elk preparation um i know <laughs> elk prep for you was throw everything in the bag and hope i didn't forget anything Preach. uh um does your does your practice change at all when you are getting like really close to season um i mean i did buy the mini elk so i guess this year it is changing oh yeah yeah um yeah you didn't you didn't tell me you didn't tell us about that you just dropped that bomb on us the other day have you been shooting it i haven't even taken it out of the box yet. (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna shoot today but it was fucking raining so i obviously couldn't gross yeah don't yeah yeah, don't don't shoot it was well it was raining and very very windy all day so but do you have, do you have rain tomorrow. gear are you bringing rain gear with you in case it rains no. on opener nah. no no <laughs> we're gonna be in the timber and i don't think it's supposed to rain i don't know what I do. i'll check i'll check the weather okay um <laughs> i don't think it's supposed to rain but i could be wrong it'll probably fucking dump on me and then i'll be yeah then you'll be regretting it and you'll be like oh matt said bring rain gear that's one thing like man i well, can't so imagine i know I all these my rain gear is the problem so i don't what? have any I why sold, i sold the first light stuff because i wasn't staying dry oh well don't tell them that <laughs> i mean it could have been something like i maybe i needed to seam seal the i was gonna say th- there's there's nothing to seam seal on those right you, you shouldn't seam seal i wouldn't think so but stuff that you know. wear like, from my shoulder down was wet, and I was annoyed by it. So that is that's so okay. odd. That's, I mean, I still have. I just bought uh, Halstead fleece. Is that one of the first light things? I have no idea. I'm oh. I'm oh, you're so. A I well, well, I say I say <laughs> I'm a Sitka person. I have Sitka gear. If you told me like, what's your favorite piece of Sitka gear? I'd be like, uh, whatever I have in my closet, and I don't even know what the name of it is. I think I have like parts of the Fanatic series. I don't know. I'm the worst camo guy ever that like enjoys higher end camo. I guess I couldn't. I don't really wear things as a system, but I don't. I I have I have like five pieces of Sitka gear, and it's like bibs, uh. Oh, one hoodie, two hoodies, and two shirts. That's what I have. I have a, I have bibs, two hoodies, and two shirts, and none of them are for cold weather hunting. Mm. And I mean, sometimes in Missouri it can get cold, but I mean, like I went out uh, 
thing Missouri opener last year for rifle season where I, when I brought my bow was like I want to say it was like four degrees outside and like I was a little cold I was wearing like uh Cabela's like level three uh undergarment stuff and like I was I was a little chilly but like I was just wearing the same stuff that I wear when it's 80 degrees out in early summer and I don't know. I was okay. Like I said, I was a little cold, but it wasn't, like, so cold that I went inside. Uh, I did lose feelings in my hands for a little bit. I did find out I need to figure out a better glove system than putting it, like, in my bibs mm-hmm. and and uh, hot hands. Figured out that wasn't <laughs> going to work. Yeah. Um, especially when <laughs> trying to grab a uh, uh, bow with a metal riser. I was like, oh, God, that's <laughs> that's chilly. Yeah. Um, uh, Lambeth hoodie and... Uh... Uh, just based it sawtooth vest. Okay, that's first so like light. Their, I think. Yeah, the the hoodies like their grid. It's like the grid, um, synthetic material hoodie. So kind of like the okay. Sitka. Whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Whatever the Sitka one with the like tight hood. Uh, the the fanatic hoodie. No. No. I don't know. I don't know what other. That's one that I've got. I've got a, I've got a light hardcore. Is it a hardcore light hoodie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got a hardcore light hoodie. Yeah, it's like that thing. Those are the two that. Those are the two that I've got. Fanatic hoodie and a hardcore light hoodie. But this one's probably. Oh, that one is for the. This one's probably more like the heavyweight hoodie. So okay. More for cold, cold weather. Oh, gotcha. Um, and then the sawtooth. They have got the sawtooth jacket. It's like a hybrid hybrid uh vest hybrid vest so you're bringing all this you're bringing stuff to stay warm when it's like gonna be no i just bought that stuff from austin because he was selling it for cheap (laughs) the weather is going to be uh mid to high 80s and during the day all sun Mm -hmm. very sunny and then at night it'll get down to 50 like low 50s Man, well, that's when I've Take talked it. to, yeah, when I've talked to my buddy Adam about, like, you know, what should I, what should I bring? What should I be ready for in, you know, in Colorado in the third week of September? Mm-hmm. And he was like, mm, anywhere from 100 degrees in the afternoon to 30 degrees at night. And I was like, oh, oh so I'll bring, I'll bring everything. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, really. Like, that's Perfect. why layering systems, that's why all the Western hunting stuff is layering systems because. Yeah. You got to be able to shed. Yeah, you got to be able to shed clothes when it gets hot, and then you got to be able to stay warm once it cools off in the evening. Yeah, yeah. Like come the end of the season, it'll probably be like forty in the mornings. And Did you? Get, uh, I mean, it might not get as like. I'm trying to think. It like come late season, like not late season, but like the last week or so of the season, it usually starts to be like. 65 tops sometimes it's still pretty freaking warm but hmm yeah are uh are you you got a uh didn't you pick up a tarp of some type a super tarp mm, yeah, yeah, a paratarp paratarp so i need to see which one which one did, which one did kafaru uh stop making so the super tarp i don't think they stopped making any of them they just don't make uh-huh. the annexes right now uh well did you see they put a bunch of the annexes on the there rhinos like den two. Oh, i thought they were yeah. still on there am oh. i crazy 
if they are, then you just cost me money. Bringing this this commercial break brought to you by Kafaru, <laughs> so we can run <laughs> run to the website and see if something is still there. Don't sue us, Aaron. Uh, yeah, you're crazy. Where oh, is it not there? Notify, notify me. Yeah, there aren't any. Okay, all right. Sorry, they didn't sorry, have sorry. any. I don't even think I saw any for the paratarp, but yeah. Uh, although Aaron probably doesn't listen to this. Aaron, give me a damn annex. <laughs> <laughs> um. Huh. Okay. So you can you you can't run an annex on what you have then. I can. Or can you? Oh, you I can. Just okay. Don't okay. make it. They don't have any to for me to put on there. Hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. So they completely stopped making the annex for now. Why? I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To I, me, they stopped for a little while. I don't like that because I want another. Never mind. I want I want a lightweight uh, shelter this, option. The sawtooth and... is pretty legit, but uh, it's large. God. Well, it's large and it's eight hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, there's so Isn't much it, room right? for activities, though. Oh yeah, no, you're not you're not wrong. How much is the sawtooth? Yeah, seven hundred ninety-seven dollars before anything else. But yeah, I'm you, excited you, you, to see how the uh, how the paratarp is, though. That'll be neat. God, but if you want the sawtooth with the wood last year, or not last yeah. year, last week. Last week, wow, yeah. you're way behind, bro. Yeah, I've had dragon poles longer than you. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not a sissy. <laughs> I don't need sissy oh, sticks. All right, all right. I only all bought right. them so I could use them with my damn shelter. That's not well, true. I, uh, I, there are plenty I remember, of times that I wish that I had trekking poles. I remember watching a meat eater episode, or or maybe I was listening to one of the uh, um, podcasts, and Steve talking about when. Uh, um, trekking poles started like catching on for hunters mm-hmm. and he was like very reluctant to use them at first he was like need trekking poles <laughs> just walk yeah and then uh when he's you're like, packing no, like the fact that i'll be packing out meat hopefully like i'm sure that i will praise all things that i can that i have them yeah well Dude. i distinctly remember when i started looking into western hunting stuff i was like how am i going to carry my like what should i do with my recurve bow if i'm using uh sticks and you were like you put it in your hand and you <laughs> don't use sticks i was like uh but i really want to use trekking poles use us yeah i see guys using one but i feel like that'd be so a waste almost. what is that thing so there's a one of the go hunt guys I don't uses know who that is. like this black diamond. That's what I have. Um, but no, it's like a pick. It's like an axe, like a pickaxe oh. type of deal. I don't know. I bought some carbon ones from Bass Pro. They're they're the Ascend brand, mm. uh, which are they're supposed to be like okay. Uh, but I got like they were. I think they're normally like a hundred and twenty dollars, and I got them for like thirty. So gotcha. I was like, well, I'm yeah, just I got use these. Minor lucky, I guess. Is that? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but they super lightweight, like the uh, lightest. Not really. They're aluminum because I didn't. All the carbon ones that were there that weren't 
$250 seems super <gasps> sketchy and I don't want them snapping. So, yeah, that was the one review that I read on this. The guy was like, I'm a big guy. And when I say big, I mean like over 300 pounds. And <laughs> I stepped into a marsh and I like had to put all of my weight on these and they didn't break. And I was like, perfect. Just right. what I need. Yeah. Just what I need. So, what other what other whip gear are you or are you called. what are they called? It's a black diamond whippet pool. Whippet pool. Whippet pole. Never, a whippet pole. Yeah, I've literally never heard of this. And you can buy just the head. Black diamond whippet pole. What is that? Yeah, so he uses that thing because it's got like a. Since you guys can't see it, you can look it up yourself. But. It's like a cane, essentially, but yeah. his reasoning for just carrying that one is because he usually has his bow in his other hand. Right. So he can put a lot of weight on that since it's like a cane instead of a pole. Like, it's he can right. put a bunch of weight on the top of that. Yeah, it looks super thick. Yeah. In comparison to, like, a regular, like, set of trekking poles. Mm -hmm. And you can buy huh. just that, the Whippet head. It's like 60 bucks oh, okay. or something like that. That's not too bad, then. Huh. huh. More and I still want to put. I still want to put until I get to like final approach stuff. Like I still feel like I'm gonna have my bow on my back and not in my hand. Mm, depends on what you're hunting. If you're hunting in timber, you better have your damn bow in your hand. Yeah, that happens happens that quick. Yes. Huh. All right, all right. You don't have time. I mean, a lot of the time, if you're calling and whatnot, you don't have time to like. They'll come in silent so you don't have time to drop your pack oh. and make a bunch of noise and make a bunch of motion yeah well that's fair that's fair have your bow i'm in your still hand. my bow's in my I'm... hand if i'm not packing meat out my bow's in my hand okay or on around my neck yeah i i like I, I, on on a compound i normally do the side on one side stabilizer on the other yeah balanced over the over the shoulders kind yep. of move that's but i don't think it really I'd... comes in handy because it's yeah. hands free yep but I don't think I'd be able to do that with a pack on. Can you? Can. You just have to like tilt, compound, it way down, tilt it way down. Uh, I mean, the load lifters kind of do that for you. Okay. Rubs your string an awful lot, but nah. That's why fine. I'm just kind of Austin make me a new <laughs> pair every time I go hunting. Yeah, mine, mine. Well, I got yeah. Austin uses 452x, which fuzzes a lot. Mm -hmm. So from just the couple shoots and packing it around all the time, my string below my string stops pretty ratty right now, but it's fine. <laughs> you say that with confidence? Yeah. It's just the okay. band coming out, I think, is the part that fuzzes up. Okay. I don't that's another thing. Still shoots I don't lights know, out. I mean I still don't know anything about strings. I wanna get Austin and Evan on here and God. like have them debate hold up have what? them debate strings even though they'd I'd, probably I'd, come I'm, to the same conclusion probably they, they probably agree on everything king, and that's it they probably <laughs> agree on everything but yeah. i know when i talk when i talk when i start talking strings with evan my eyes just kind of glaze over because i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> it's like one thing where it's like this is really important it's what's sending the projectile and have no clue don't have a clue yeah. material anything like that uh, are you trying my, to... uh first two arrows from yesterday that I shot at 50 because I was freaking out thinking that my bow wasn't going to shoot worth of crap with those veins. Well, that'll work. Yeah, I was like, ah, I can relax now. <laughs> yeah, that's two, uh, two 12s in a row. Yeah. Was that with broadheads? Broadhead and a that field point, yeah. 
Yeah, I say well, that right one looks like a broadhead. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you trying yeah. any new any new gear this year that you or any like new like I know you've got a new pack and stuff like that, but like anything substantially new that will change the way that you hunt elk? Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. Like you tell me. An me. You're the elk hunter. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are are you? Uh, are are you the caller, or do you just let Dave call? Uh, I can get by. You can get by. Like, I, are I you mean, are you even gonna bring that, a call like, with you, or do you just like rely on? No, Dave? yeah, I have. I have always got a reed in my mouth, and another one on my hat, because I've got like one of the little keepers that goes mm-hmm. on your hat. Mm-hmm. I've always got one of those, just because. I mean, even if you're a shooter, like you want to have a reed in your mouth to stop a bull, because. Hmm you don't want to shoot like deer take small steps right elk takes a step and that's three more feet that they just moved so right. shooting an elk on like walking is not a good idea but elk also don't move super fast like you know with like when people meh at deer to stop them, right then they're super high alert all of a sudden yeah well, if you cow call to stop an elk like it'll just kind of turn and stare at you and then he's like what's up whack Oh, ouch! Yeah, but uh, so like, yeah, it's not like they're not gonna duck your arrow unless they have some reason to be like super high alert, which is like they usually just kind of stand there and take it, right? But <laughs> oh my, uh, are you are are you a fan of any particular type of of call when it comes to elk stuff? This is another, like, I feel like I'm an awful turkey hunter. One, because I can't use diaphragm calls. I just, I suck at them. I can't, I can't get the noises that I want. I can do it, like, intermittently sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I suck at it. But I'm, like, I'm, I don't want to say I'm, like, a really good on a, on a slate call. But I'm, I'm pretty good on a slate call. I can't well, that's the one turkey that, that's the one call that... worth anything with a reed. But if you give but me you a slate, can... I can make good noises. Right, so like, but okay, okay. Well, then this gives me hope. So you're not very good with a re with a diaphragm call on turkey, but you're like proficient enough on no, elk. You can. I mean, I think turkey and elk are similar in their like in the respect that you don't have to sound that good because there are right. some turkeys and some elk that just sound like dog shit, and you're like, is that yes. a person coming at me right yeah. now? I have, and then it, I've, it turns I've out heard that a, it is an animal. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of turkeys that I'm just like, there's no way. Like this, this is somebody trespassing on our land. And yeah. then sure enough, a, a hen or a, a Jake that's trying to learn how to gobble, like comes stumbling out of the woods and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. That's well that same thing that. with elk. Like I try to match emotion, mm-hmm. which is something that you'll like, you'll hear like Corey Jacobson and, um, that other guy's name the elk phelps. nut guy and phelps oh. and dirk Durham, like all those guys like they're very good at calling but also mm-hmm. if you watch them like watch their videos and watch when they call they're matching emotion a lot of the time too like and they're going after the bulls that are responsive to bugles mm-hmm. or you know they'll work with cow calls too but like for me like that's something i learned last year is that you call to the bull that you're working mm-hmm. so like I had a good example of it last year because so the last bull that I missed one I thought it was not a bull I thought it was one of my buddies messing with me because it sounded so terrible hmm. what's it a young bull 
I mean, probably younger. I guess like coming like right I mean, out of his four spike or five years old. No, no, no. It okay, was, so okay, it was a six point. So I mean, okay. four or five years old. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's an adolescent bull. At any, at, at no, any he just point. had a wimpy bugle, like real yeah. raspy. Couldn't get a whole lot of noise out. Hmm. But so that one was res- like any time I'd just mew a little bit with a cow call, he's on it, like just bugling. As soon as I would cow call, he's screaming. And then, so missed that bull, and then the other bull that was with him loved raking and bugles. Like, if I tried to huh. cow call, he'd shut up completely, wasn't doing anything, but if I'd rake, he'd match my raking. If I'd bugle, he'd bugle back and then rake some more. But So he was looking for a fight. Yeah. And the other one was looking for a, a little, uh, little action. A little love. Yeah. A little, little loving. Yeah. yeah. So you got to, I mean that's hard to figure out that then that that makes sense and it's such a unique like i mean coming from whitetail world as as you know yeah you know it's like at least during the rut you i you know you're normally smacking antlers together at, at least i do every 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do like a small like grunting uh grunting antler set and I ever just, called in one buck and i, I did don't it with a snort wheeze across a hayfield Man, I, the, the I I don't I don't know if I've ever successfully actually like called in a buck. Like I've it's never been me like crash antlers together and then like grunt and then hear a grunt back or see one just like hauling right into me. Yeah, it's always um, been I'll do it and then like maybe they heard it and then like five minutes later they'll just kind of come in. But I've also ran like you know. uh uh, scent lure stuff as mm-hmm. well, you know, whether doestrus or, or uh, uh, bu- buck and rut pee kind of stuff, and putting it on uh, on scrapes. Yeah, but well, yeah, I, I'm buck, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. I don't know if I've ever called one in actually. The last buck I shot in Ohio before I moved, uh, I was cold, like shivering cold, freezing my mm-hmm. balls off. And then it's like nine thirty, but I did not dress accordingly, and it was much colder that morning than it said it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there, and like the sun's just starting to hit me, but I'm just beyond the point of cold. So I'm like, well, I'm probably going to climb down here soon, but I'm going to do this last ditch effort of snort wheeze and some grunts, just because I knew there were bucks in the area. So. I snort wheeze and no longer like no sooner do I get the snort wheeze over with I see a buck trucking from like 500 yards away like there's two wood like two wow. patches of woods mm-hmm. separated by a hay field and yeah snort wheeze and then I just see buck running right to me and he sprinted all the way over like 500 yards and stopped 10 feet or 10 yards underneath my tree so like he wow. knew exactly where that noise came from and he was coming looking for a fight and that was wow. probably the coolest thing I've ever had happen with whitetail, at least. Yeah, man, that's uh, I kind of, man, I feel like I underestimate a whitetail's ability to hear. Like yeah. obviously, well, you know, you elk have to are the take same their... way. You know, like they'll, you call like when bulls come in. If you're moving, like they'll go right to that spot where they heard that noise. Hmm. And deer will do it too, but I think they're just they're less interactive than elk are but you can see sure, it a lot sure. with elk because you know when you're moving or when you're calling you're moving like trying to get the right setup trying to play the wind so you don't get winded mm-hmm. so yeah hmm 
So if uh, if one comes in this year, like barreling in head on, you gonna would you feel comfortable taking a frontal shot? Yeah, it's one of the most yeah. deadly shots on an elk. And yeah, oh, I I, I bet mean, I, they'll either it also either works or it doesn't. Like if you don't hit it in the basket, like so. First off, people that are unaware, the frontal shot on an elk usually you're on the ground, so shot angle is fine. Right. And it's the vitals, the hole that you have to hit in to get it into the chest cavity is the size of a basketball. Right. So It's big. Yeah. Like, you're going to hit something important so long as you hit that basketball. Are you just, like, going, like, right at the base of the neck? I don't so, have any, like, pictures of an elk pulled up, really, so I don't really know what the anatomy the, looks like. Where the dark meets the light hair. Mm-hmm, like the, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, the mane or whatever, but where the dark and right. light hair yeah, yeah. line is about six inches up from that is where you want to aim hmm. lower than that you can hit the breastbone but above that like you're gonna hit either right in the throat or you're just gonna skewer him from end to end yeah yeah i'd say that's uh and so yeah about about six inches up like you know like you said from from where i thought you would want to take a shot so that would yeah. yeah okay so and with elk like especially if you're hunting solo the odds of you getting a broadside shot kind of slim yeah, because they're gonna come in head first. Like they're, if you have a caller behind you, like usually if you have someone with you and they're calling, they'll right. set up thirty, forty, fifty yards back, so they can't be seen because you have to move like back and forth to try to get that bull to come where you want him to come. Right. So, but either way, they're coming in head on. Like you can, if you can see them, and you can see your shooter, you can move as long as the bull's not looking at you. You can move to get them to turn but that's kind of difficult to do. And a frontal shot works all the same as long as you're comfortable taking it. But that's, I mean, you're taking a frontal shot 25 and in, maybe yeah. even 20 and in. Like, don't don't take a frontal shot any farther than that because you're just so asking I'm looking, for trouble. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at some elk uh, skeleton diagrams mm-hmm. and there's no bone there no like at all no the breastbone is way down yeah it's way low way lower than i thought it would be yeah dude yeah that's (laughs) it's a big you should do that yeah it's a big hole uh, yeah you like you said like it looks like you could stuff a basketball in that thing and i I mean if you get so afraid of that shot like if if you get eight inches of penetration into the chest cavity like you're in the goodies yeah yeah and it's soft tissue right there so like yeah well it's all that it's all just, that that's why that you see on the front end is like the like fat that's hanging off the bottom of its neck the fat in the skin yeah and it's and, a lot of fur like there is a lot yeah. of hair yeah so but yeah when people say don't take a frontal shot i don't understand because there's nothing in the way yeah and that's why Unless, you know that's why you'll see guys uh, even guys shooting you know sub 400 grain arrows the arrow gets buried in the back ham like just yeah it's soft well, there's no bones. Yeah, there's you'll nothing go, there. You'll go the whole yeah, way through. There's nothing there. Through. There's nothing to stop huh. it. Interesting, man. I really would have thought that sternum would have been higher, but it's it's no, not. Sir. It's it's very low. It's at the bottom. Yeah. Literally, the worst case scenario would be if they turn so much that their actual uh, ball socket from the shoulder is what it hit. Yep. And if you hit that, you're probably in. You are in a world of hurt. But yeah. 
regardless of what your setup is. But, but I if, mean, man, if you if you so, put in that if you put in that basketball, like that's a oh, dead elk. Yeah, it's dead times. all day. That's why wow. I felt confident. Like if you look up a pronghorn, same thing. Like if you're shooting from the ground, a frontal shot is not bad. And I was shooting like I shot mine last year from the ground, but my arrow was coming from only like a foot and a half off the ground because the blind I was in was dug into the ground. Mm-hmm. So I was shooting up at it at 20 yards and just put it right through all of the big yeah. arteries. Now see, okay, so this is a good comparison. A deer, like a white-tailed deer, well, maybe that, that may not be a good a good one. Uh, the one I was looking at I thought was a real one, but it's a 3D rendering. But at least initially, it looks like that the sternum sits way higher on a white tail than it does okay yeah that's an actual thing yeah so the sternum does sit way higher not not that i'd be like super worried about a shot on a white tail mm-hmm. but the yeah the it, the rib cage like sternum connection comes up way higher it's where there's like maybe a four or five inch maybe six inch gap between the the bottom of the sternum and the uh top of the uh or i'm sorry the top of the sternum and the bottom of the vertebrae for where the neck connects, where the neck connects to the rest of the backbone. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a tight hole. People uh, also, and, I mean, I think I'm not, people just don't realize how big elk are. Oh, they're massive. Like it's a horse. It, it's yeah. the size of a horse. Like, I, yep. I mean, some like Rockies are Rocky mountain elk are small horses, but they're like, 800 pounds oh, there's, for a big yeah, bull. There's, uh, yeah, a big bull is still a, yeah, but, a, 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 well over 500 pounds. Yeah, if you can't hit a basketball at 20 yards, I don't know what your problem is. Yeah, But, you know, even, like, you'll watch uh, watching YouTube videos and whatnot, like, guys, for whatever reason, they get that shoot behind the shoulder stuck in their head, and even if it's mm-hmm. a hard, hard quartering two shot, they're still aiming behind the shoulder. It's like, well... He just shot him in the guts, like just the guts. Like you didn't yep. hit anything important. Man, I'm about to say something that I never thought I would have said. If I'm hunting an elk and I'm shooting a mechanical, I want a frontal shot. I mean, I feel like I want a frontal shot because your chances of hitting bone are immensely lower than hitting one even broadside because your chances of hitting a rib are very real. Yeah, and if you hit a if you center punch a big old rib, good chance you don't go anywhere. But if you if you're close enough, and if if I was shooting mechanical and I was close enough, if I was within that 30, 40 yards, and I just need to hit that basketball sized target, well, probably 20, 30 yards. Yeah, and again, and I need really to, don't take yeah. a frontal shot at further than like because at forty, a bull can whirl and you'll yeah, hit they'll, him they'll turn enough just yeah. square yeah. in the shoulder. Yeah, like shoulder socket. But, yeah, there's nothing at that there. level. That just blows my mind. I never, I never would have thought that it was so empty on the front end of an elk, yeah, but it it's, is. It's a big hole, which explains why a lot of elk die in the rut because they, they fight so much. And I mean, yeah, they've got hell, freaking swords if, on their heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if and if they if they sneak one of these in, like past the, uh, past the other elk's guard, like I mean, that's toast. Yeah. Like if a, if a decent size like, uh, G. Oh, would that be one, two, three? A G three or G four? Like sneaks in there? Like they're dead, mm-hmm. dead, a hundred percent for sure. <laughs> it's the equivalent of an arrow going in there. So, yeah. man, that's wild. Big hole. 
Yeah, no kidding. So, so yeah, hopefully I get to run an arrow through that big hole yeah, this weekend. <laughs> do that. You you should you should do that. Or somebody. Um, There's three of us going together, so hopefully one so, at least one person will get a shot. So how do you determine who gets to shoot? Whoever gets the shot. Okay. Whoever has the shot takes it. Because, I mean, you know, there's like some guys will be like, oh, you're a shooter today. But now whoever has the shot takes it. Like try not to short stand somebody. So try not to shoot something out from somebody. But if you got the shot, let her fly. That's how we do it. That's not how everybody does it. But yeah. Well, you're also hunting with like three very capable hunters and guys that are dedicated to hunting. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're and we're also like we're all going to be happy for whoever right. shoots it. So like, it's not, Oh, big, for sure. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's like, yeah, good on you. Thanks for shooting that. Cause I didn't, cause you know, like that last little bit where you actually get to let that arrow go is the hardest part. Like that, yeah. where it all comes together, like that doesn't always happen. So if you've got right. an opening and you don't take it and then you tell the guys you were with that you had an opening, but you didn't shoot because you didn't want to take that shot from your buddy like you guys might not have another opportunity for quite a while if at all yeah if it's a rough season so like you yeah. take the shots that you're given huh that's a that's an interesting system i never uh i grant i don't like i haven't hunted with people historically like i've either mm-hmm. hunted with with my dad growing up and then basically by myself and then when you know i got married and started hunting with my wife it was uh, you know, I'd, I'd bring my bow, but I'd be like, like you are, if we see one, uh, deer or turkey, like you're shooting it. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to shoot unless you absolutely a hundred percent, like do not want to. There's so many and, moving yeah. parts like with like, yeah, like I said, there's so many moving parts with elk. Like if you, like you don't know where they're going to come from, you don't know mm-hmm. where exactly they're going to go when they do get in close enough. So if there's three of you, that's a lot more opportunity that one of you is going to get a shot mm-hmm. and yeah, I feel like elk hunting is way more dynamic than, yeah. uh, than whitetail. Yeah. Well, you can also move and make a fair amount of noise. Well, as long as they don't see you or wind you, like you're pretty good. Yeah. But they can hear you cause you're making elk noises for them to come closer. So they just think you're elk a lot of the time. Yeah. Unless they're call shy. Like if they've been messed with a bunch, they'll just turn and go the other direction, which is always disappointing. So, but so if you, if you shoot an elk, you'll have three of you there. Mm-hmm. You think you can get out everything in one pack with three guys? Uh, that's two rough. quarters per guy, and then a cape and and uh, uh, if we pack uh, the cape out, back yeah. straps. Don't yeah. always pack the cape out, but well, if cape, cape and antlers. Yeah, uh, my first one, I just packed out the head, so didn't take the cape. Because it was that's fair. There was four of us for that one, so I'd say that like a fourth person would be very nice, so we yeah. don't have to take two trips. But yeah, man. So if you're if you're solo in it, it's and you're like it's a couple five day. miles, and you're like five miles deep. That's like like probably five trips, like ten miles or round trip like every two time. Really shitty ones. Ugh. I don't know if I do <laughs> like that. Really, really shitty. Yeah, probably like God, three, that'd be, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to find, like, that's why, well, if you debone everything, it makes it a lot better, but, okay, like, it's a lot quicker to just 
at least I think it's a lot quicker to just hack it, like just quarter it up, leave the bones in as long as you're not going yeah. too far. But if you're one guy, like you're probably gonna bone everything out. Um, you, unless it's a huge bull, you're probably not going to take the Cape or, you know, and you'll skin out the head. So you just have a skull. So I'm taking the Cape. I want to start taking all of my capes and actually tanning them, but whether I will or not, we will see. (laughs) Yeah. I still need Hmm. to get my freaking bear done. Oh shit. Forgot about that. It's sitting in a freezer. Yep. Are you gonna are you gonna do a rug? Not a rug. A I'm just gonna get it soft tanned, so it'll be ready to be rugged if I want it to be. But it'll just be the hide. So what what does soft tan mean? I don't even know what that is. Just like a you know like a regular hair on pelt or hair on hide. Okay. But like with huh. the rug, they put like a an insert in the mouth and like a a taxiderm oh, head sure, like a skull sure, thing in right, the right. in the head. Yeah. Yeah. That's an extra like $600. So I don't really care that much. Gracious me. Yeah. As long as I've got the, like, if they keep the claws on the the soft tan, like, I'm good. Or just give me the claws. So how, how does that, how does that work? How did, how did, how did that work when you cut that guy up? Did you just leave everything connected? Uh, I cut it off at the wrist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't know what, like, you can just slit it up. You're supposed to just slit it up the paw, and then you kind of, mm-hmm. you ever watch safety videos where someone gets, like, their finger gets degloved? Yeah. 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 That's essentially what you do. You just pull the bones out. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But I didn't know that at the time, and it was dark. Yeah. And I was in a hurry. Yeah. Well, God, didn't you do that in one trip? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got delicious God. summer sausage out of it though, so I mean, it's <laughs> hey, not a that's, total that's, loss. that's all that counts. Yeah. That's all the that's all that counts. You got a good summer sausage out of it. Um, so did that guy have good mitts on him? I don't. I've, uh, I I haven't seen any pictures of this bear other than like the two that you posted. That's social because that's all that I took of it. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I posted were all the ones that I took of it. I mean, pretty. I mean, decent. It wasn't a real yeah. big bear, like two hundred pounds or so. So not real oh, huge, pff, but I'd be pleased to punch with 200 pound bear i was happy well, that he was only 200 pounds since i had yeah. to pack him up by myself <laughs> what'd you end up packing out probably 80 to 100 pounds i guess yeah with the hide them. and head and all that it was probably 100 yeah. pounds yeah oh man that on top of your normal pack that probably yeah that was at least every bit of a 120 pounds walking out of there then yeah Ugh, that sounds awful hmm. it um, wasn't it wasn't too far but it wasn't terribly fun I've never been more excited to see my truck, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, so who who else are you hunting with besides Dave? Uh, our buddy Ben. Is Ben another mountain goat? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're the you're the slow guy in the group. Uh, I can keep up for the most part, but <laughs> I did not grow up here, so. Well, that's I, I'm just I'm saying that to be a, a bit uh, uh, facetious yeah. because you're a you're a very in shape guy and you're gonna be the I'm not uh, in shape right now actually. <laughs> no, I'm not in shape because well since oh, yeah, I was having you, yeah trouble yeah, with you my knee shoulder or, whatever, or yeah knee lazy, issues that's it yeah so yeah but yeah I, I didn't go to the gym pounds so that'll be fun. I didn't go to the gym today that makes about. <laughs> Four years running. Eight years running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Next week, though, it's gonna happen. It, it always, it's always next week. <laughs> next Monday, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Monday comes around, I'm just too busy. I can't yeah. do it. Look at the time. Three <laughs> thirty. Better start working on dinner. <laughs> <laughs> getting to getting to bed here. Um, did uh, is there anything else that you want to touch on for for elk? I, I don't want to. I know I'm like I'm pounding well, on elk questions. Usually, well, the last two three years I have not. Well, just the last two three years of hunting out here, I have not eaten enough food to not drop weight. True. Like it's my job. Yeah, so, yeah. Because like, well, that's really a lot of guys. To, a lot of guys eat like junk food while they're out there, right? Because oh, it's you so just high. Shove in, whatever in, you can in your mouth. It's so like, high in carbs, and like you just you need like as much energy as your body will take in so like that would be an, a not good time to try and eat like a mega healthy right yeah like no, a, you, you could but it's not gonna go well it's not gonna give you like, anything. it's not sustainable right um huh so like yeah I, I don't well you were talking about keto or something for a little while weren't you yeah yeah i did i did yeah i lost a ton of weight doing it yeah. and then uh then i didn't do keto and then i gained <laughs> all of it back and then some yeah but um, like so like keto is great to, for getting the weight off but it's in my opinion it's not sustainable if you are very active yeah like some guys would, it, it, would, like but everybody's different too like some guys di- can it's do difficult it. yeah it's some guys difficult. can do it and they function on that high fat no no to low carb diet very very well mm-hmm. i'm not one of those people and the keto proponents will probably say, well, that's just because your body's never really switched over. It's like, well, I don't want to make it. So, yeah, well, the <laughs> but, keto keto flu ain't no joke, man. It yeah. sucks. Uh, but anyways, so I started looking up like, you know, ways to keep my calorie intake up. And I found um, Brady Miller's stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. Man, the name sounds familiar, but I don't. He I, for I'm not a, putting a face to it. He has done a couple experiments where he's gone stoveless for a whole season. But anyway, he's got this shake, like a shake that you're supposed to have in the morning, and it's mm-hmm. like quick oats, um, powdered MCT oil, chia seeds, protein powder, like a bunch of just a bunch of stuff in for a shake that you have for breakfast but it's like 1100 calories gracious me yeah which that excites me because usually if i eat something it'll it's like a mountain house in the morning and it's like right. the mountain house granola which is 500 calories maybe and i that's feel if like if i thing i feel like if i ate over a thousand calories for breakfast well i can't say i feel i feel like i would feel this way because I have eaten over a thousand calories for <laughs> breakfast, and then I did feel this way. I'd feel like a slug, like uh, an absolute yeah, slug. Yeah, but I mean the stuff. But I isn't... guess, but I guess if you're already like moving, that it yeah. cha- it probably changes. Well, things. by the time, I mean for me at least, by the time breakfast, like by the time we're waking up to go in the morning, like I am starving because right. my metabolism ramps up so fat, like so much from burning all that food, like right. hiking all day long. Like I can't shove enough stuff in my face. So right, right. But yeah, the Mountain House granola and blueberries is 500 calories total hmm. for a two-serving pouch. And that's usually what I would eat in the morning, and then I wouldn't eat again until lunchtime other than, like, snacks and whatnot. But So I bought, like, 
a five dollar or a five pound bag of gummy bears some beef jerky trail mix like just a bunch of like snack type stuff but i've got a vac i bought a vacuum sealer so that's what i'm gonna do once we get done with this is make my concoction for the breakfast things and then individually pack them so. yeah okay so how much uh, uh i'm guessing you're just going to be there for the weekend right yep just the because weekend we're, this no, time, we're, we're so. normal people that have to have to go to work yeah um, until the so, 6th and then i'm off from how, the 6th until the 15th so oh nice nice yeah. so how much uh how much weight in food will you bring in for a weekend for friday saturday sunday i have no idea <laughs> just enough like hopefully enough think it'll be like 10 pounds does that sound insane like way heavier or it sounds like a lot but i don't know i'll huh. have to weigh it and get back to you ben yeah let Ben's me know I'm, I'm, I'm curious i'm curious <laughs> uh ben if you're listening to this i hope you are i hope you packed a lot of comfort in the amount of weight that you told us that your pack weighs <laughs> uh ben's pack he told us today or he told dave today that it, it weighs 22 pounds without water for a weekend is that heavy that no, seems light that's very that light. seems really light yeah okay. okay like but you know you talk to the the super ultra light guys and they'll be like that would get me through five days like okay well i'm gonna pack for comfort because that's why i lift heavy things <laughs> so i can yeah. like right and that, right and uh you know we're not going 10 12 miles into the back country where every right. ounce matters so we're going like sure two three miles in setting up camp so there goes at least Half 25 yeah at least 25 percent of my pack right you know and then we'll hike around for the day and go come back to camp i don't know if we'll break down camp when we leave or not we might because we don't know how many people are in the area and i really don't want my stuff to come up missing so but <clears throat> yeah we'll that's, see that's probably that's what would happen yeah that's exactly people do people suck People, people really suck. suck. I was reading a thing today on. I'm not. I don't live in Minnesota. I got added to this group, and but I, I find it very uh, 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 informative. So I'm on like Minnesota Archery Talk or something on Facebook, and a poll was put out today that was like, if you see a stand on public land, what do you do? And like a substantial amount it. of people, a substantial amount of people answered hunt out of it, and I was like, what? <laughs> like. You would hunt out of somebody else's stand, but apparently this is just, like, a thing. Like, if people leave gear, like, in public places, people are like, yep, it's free, free use. Like, I mean, it's free for everybody. Technically, uh, in the lo- within the laws of Oregon, that is true. Yeah. Their first yeah, come, and, first and I, th- and I, but, I, think it, I think it is also true <clears throat> there as well. Yeah, but, like... Uh, but, man, I just, like, I can never... I wouldn't... I wouldn't... First off, I wouldn't want to hunt out of somebody else's stand anyways, because... I don't know what they've done around the area. No to kidding. Make deer either come in or not come in. Like if they've left right. a bunch of scent and all. Like if the stand hasn't been there for very long, all sorts of stuff. I saw a post the other day. I think it was on the prong one of the pronghorn pages. But somebody was like, "What would you do if there was a blind set up on a water hole that you wanted to hunt, but?" the blind is set up in a really bad spot and my response was well you don't touch it go find a new spot because you didn't get there first 
Right. The guy was like, oh, yeah, I moved it because where it was, nothing's going to come in at all. It's like, just leave it be. Just go hunt Jeez. somewhere else, people. Like, if it's I can't if somebody Im- beat you to the spot, it's not your spot. Just go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Get there sooner. If you really wanted to hunt that spot, you would have been there the first opportunity you could. Like, you would have made the opportunity. Yeah. That, that blows my mind that... If it's not mine, I don't touch it. Like, I don't understand yeah, why that's that, so that, difficult. That's just, that's that's where that's where I'm at. Like I just don't I don't get it. Like it's it's not it's not yours. I don't know. I if don't something know. like if something is me. like something looks wrong, I guess. Like I don't really know. Like if if it looks like somebody put a stand like let's say hypothetically somebody puts a stand up and then like I notice that their center bar on the ladder isn't hooked up quite right or something like that you know like sure the ratchet strap got loosened or isn't tight enough like i'll tighten the ratchet strap tie it down sure right, and then yeah that's that's it. but other than that like yeah. i'm gonna keep going like eh, whatever not mine yeah same with trail but cameras man, walk by give them a wave keep going give them a wave yep yep like, i don't know why that's so hard yeah man all the time and on the missouri hunting pages trail camera gone sd card gone people have like, this man. like weird I don't like I think it's part of I think we've talked about it before but it's part of I think what's ruining the hunting community is just that famine mentality that there's not enough for everybody right like it's especially weird like you know Dave and I have our quote-unquote spots and you know you don't talk about your spots especially Mm -hmm. if it seems to be a good spot like that's you just don't do it especially if like you scout it with like whoever you scout with those are the people that you talk to that spot about nobody else right unless right. that unless somebody else also knows about that spot but if it's somebody that doesn't know about it yet you don't say anything don't say a word yeah you yeah. say nothing keep, keep keep your mouth shut especially if it's a little honey hole like you just don't talk about it because that's your honey hole why would you want other yeah. people in it yeah, that's but, why I've been very reluctant when I've had a couple people. Adam, my, my buddy that used to guide in Africa, mm-hmm. has been very generous and said, like, I will take you to where, like, I kill elk every year. Right. But and with I've that, had, like, is... I've, I've had other people say, like, oh, can I come with you? And I'm like, no. Exactly. Because <laughs> with, with Adam saying, I will take you to these spots, like, with that is the unspoken agreement that you will not bring anybody back. Right. And if you want to go there, you will talk to Adam first and or only go there with him. Right. Like, that's the agreement. You don't bring your friends. Yes. You don't talk about it. You don't send somebody a freaking waypoint. Nothing. Be like, yeah, I'm only going there with you, Adam. This is how this yep. works. If I want to go somewhere, I will find my own spot. But that is lost on some people. But that said, like, there's this famine mentality of there's not enough space for everybody when there is but people just don't want to look for new spots like dave lives where we hunt so like he's always out looking for new spots always out trying Mm -hmm. like he'll pick a spot on a map go check it out see if it's worth it just because eventually we know that the spots we find somebody else is going to find them too because that's how we found them we're like oh this looks good this seems like there would be elk here and then we go check it out and there's elk there but somebody else can do that exact same thing and they'll be there before us and we'll have to go to plan B, C, D, whatever. Well, you know, you never, you can never count on somebody else's will 
to be able that to think that nobody else would go there yeah once again i know i know i always i talk about his content a lot but it's because it's it's really damn good uh but steve one of the steve rinella episodes he was like i'm gonna go to the top of this mountain or to, to like the top of this ridge and then he gets all the way up there and the first thing he finds is a cartridge yeah of like <laughs> and like, he was oh, like oh must have been a good well, ridge <laughs> yeah must must have been a good one yeah. <laughs> and, and he left and it was mm-hmm. like this is somebody else is here so yeah I, I find uh i find that interesting i man man i bet uh well i went to uh a uh uh a uh, what did they call it it wasn't a seminar it was a i can't remember it's where like it's a series of speakers that like speak at something but it was a guy from qdma and then another guy uh, uh speaking about um not ehd man i am the i'm drawn blanks it's cwd it's almost midnight here and i am <laughs> i'm very ready to go to bed uh but he was speaking about cwd and then uh the qdma guy was there and the qdma guy was talking about um now this was uh hunters per uh square mile and like out west like not many mm-hmm. like, I mean, like you know you've got this famine mentality yeah especially out there uh but man like i mean you guys have uh less than half of the hunters per square mile that missouri has yeah uh, and and the average western state and we have 10 15 times more public land and 10 times more species to hunt yeah than we do and people like we have free like i get it because i get annoyed when i when there's other people where we want to go but just usually because the people that show up there, like, if we don't know them, a lot of the time we just kind of assume they're going to screw it up. Especially yeah. if they have a four-wheeler in the back of their truck, or if we hear <sighs> a four-wheeler, or if we hear a side-by-side. Like, people do not realize, Western hunters that are listening to this podcast, if you ride a four-wheeler to your spot, stop it. Use the quads that God gave you, because there is no <laughs> reason to use a four-wheeler. I don't care. They're, like unless you are handicapped then okay but you're gonna run all of the animals out of the area I yeah can't, i can't tell see. you how many times we'll be sitting on a glass and rock and then all of a sudden we'll just see the bottom of the draw we're watching just erupt and then you know soon after we start to hear a four-wheeler like oh great cool awesome but yeah. you know the animals hear it before we do but they just sure they turn and head the other direction and do not slow down yeah. Like guys wonder why they don't see stuff and that is like if you're riding a four wheeler to your spot, that's one of the reasons. Yep. Yeah. I know what that noise that's, means. I very rarely take a four wheeler further like I don't go any further than I need to yeah. whitetail hunting for sure. If you can and, like and even the interesting part is where people drive four wheelers, you can usually drive a pickup. Because Dave does it all the time, I do it. Mm-hmm. Driving a pickup out there, as long as you don't shut, like slam the doors, usually you're good. But that the four wheeler is like four wheelers and side by sides have that very distinct sound of their engine. Yes, and it echoes like crazy. Oh yeah, it's so loud. But if you're just rolling quietly with a pickup, it's totally fine. Just don't slam yeah. the doors when you get out. Don't park on the edge of the ridge where stuff can see you. That's down in the draw because they know what a vehicle looks like just be smart about it but yeah there's nothing i hate more than the sound of a four-wheeler while we're watching a bull trying to make a play on it just because pretty soon he gone 
everything's busted yeah it's all busted cool well i won't uh uh i know you you've got stuff to do tomorrow i have to get to bed eventually sometime today uh you have anything else for any any funsies for um this weekend that you want to talk about Mm, hopefully the mullet brings good luck yeah rub uh (laughs) rub the mullet have uh have dave and and your other buddy rub the mullet Uh for for good luck do they have mullets or is it just you just me oh man (laughs) all right well hopefully uh hopefully next week's episode we can be talking about uh the bowl that you've got in your freezer hopefully we'll see that'd be cool Mm -hmm. that'd be cool it's uh so are they uh man once again matt just sucking at wrapping things up (laughs) uh are they are so are they are they in rut right now or is it Uh, is it a little early so i talked to austin he said the bulls on the west side are already starting to they're starting to crank pretty hard so Mm -hmm. we'll see with it being not super hot i'm kind of hoping that it kicks them into the rut earlier yep but we'll see how it goes that's always that's the same thing with deer at least i feel like it's like if it's cold like yeah, the last week of october like I'm, you'll see I'm, you'll see really good pre-rut action yeah. but if it's warm they'll wait until mid mid-november just yeah. about that's why i'm excited about this rain that we just had even though it's going to be hot again but like it's mm-hmm. rained once a week for like maybe two or three weeks now just mm-hmm. random rainstorms but so we'll see if the cold temperatures at like or colder temperatures at night get them going. But we'll be camping Fingers right, right down in the middle of them where we can hear everything. So we'll see. Yeah. But there's wolves yeah. in that area too, so that could get dicey. Mm. <laughs> can you guys buy wolf tags? No, not allowed. Mm. They're still protected in Oregon. Interesting. But in Idaho, you can. Yeah, yeah. Idaho, you can buy them for like twenty five dollars or something. It's some non resident, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, cheap. stupid cheap, mm-hmm. stupid cheap. Huh? Yeah. Well, are wolves an issue where you hunt? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's, well, yeah, there's just too many of them already, and they're not letting us do anything about it. So, interesting. There will be well, more of a problem than we will be able to handle if they ever let us fun. do anything about it. And by fun. us, I mean hunters obviously yeah 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 we'll see i mean they still be people that don't like wolves being killed still don't understand that government trappers are getting paid via their tax dollars to get to go kill wolves (laughs) to kill the wolves right you know whatever (laughs) to kill all the predators but whatever you know yeah we could just spend our own money and then tax dollars wouldn't have to go to it but what a wild notion what a wild wild notion all right. Well, good luck this weekend, dude. Thanks. And uh, hopefully you come back with something or somebody comes back with something. We're supposed to have Dave on eventually yeah, whenever yeah, he uh, doesn't get any, uh, any uh, when he's not scared of crowds. Yeah, he's so, gun shy. Uh, stage fright. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get Dave on or not because I definitely want to uh, get some uh, guide uh, tidbits on yeah uh, how to uh uh how to act and and how to hunt when you're with a <laughs> when you're with him, a guide i told him just to come on here and talk about all the dumb shit that i've done and that would be enough but <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about this idiot that i've been guiding for the last three years Pretty much. oh his name's garrett <laughs> his name is his name rhymes with merit mare child uh-huh. uh, <laughs> moron cool yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> all right man well right. good luck thanks. and uh thanks everyone for tuning in you have uh if this is published you have like three more days to do the summer shooting challenge do the damn challenge people it's not do hard it. it's Record not a video difficult. you get as many yeah. tries as you want and one entry all these could people, win you good stuff all these people keep doing live videos and i'm like i didn't tell you to do live doesn't have to be live thanks, but do thanks it anyway normal. just record it and then send it in and tag us and yeah it's the honor system anyway. we'll be able to tell if you're lying though yeah we can tell we can tell uh okay thanks everyone for tuning in uh until next time stay lethal and don't forget the olive oil